By now, the veterinary world has seemingly adapted to curbside service in COVID-19. This week, we want to talk about what we foresee for 2021 when it comes to curbside and continuing to deal with this evolving pandemic. And we want to tell you some of the exciting things that we're hearing and seeing and some of the innovations that you may want to implement into your clinic this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to The Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And welcome to 2021. We're still dealing with the pandemic. We're still dealing with curbside service, Becky. There's still a lot of stuff that are posing prominent challenges for our profession, but we are resilient. We are strong. We are moving forward. And this week, we're going to talk about how we are hearing from our colleagues and witnessing in our own practices some of the amazing adaptations that our profession is coming up with to deal with this pandemic. But before we get into all of that and a whole lot more, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And Becky, this has been a week. So we are recording this the week of January 11th, Viewfinders. And let's just put it out there, Becky. I Emotional roller coaster? I mean, we've had a, an assault on our capital. Our government is in disarray. There's all kind of talks of impeachments and Article 25. And oh my gosh, Becky, man, my head is just, I, I, I think I've got a headache. <laughs> if you've only got a headache, then good on you. Yeah, this has been in like personally, professionally, and politically <laughs> been kind of a week. So um we want to keep it positive. And and you know, the truth of the matter is is we have got a lot of positive things. We know that. This is our first recording in the new year. Um we want to focus on the positive. So um, so that's what we're doing today. Yeah, but we feel your pain, viewfinders. I mean, this has been really a disruptive week. I don't know if, if you're like many of, of our colleagues and friends and family, but, you know, last week the events kind of shut us down. Like there was a period of several hours where, you know, I think the country largely froze in place and just sort of watched in disbelief as these events unfolded live on television. And so we, we want to acknowledge that. We know that this is tumultuous times. You know, we know that the pandemic is still raging. We know that many of us are still fighting, you know, to stay in business and to serve our clients and the patients that we love. And so we wanted to kind of spin it this week and to say, look, hey, guys, 2021 is here. Yeah, it's kind of the same as 2020 so far. There's hope ahead, without a doubt. But, you know, how have we kind of adapted to this whole curbside service? And what are some of the cool things that we're seeing? Yeah, I got to experience some live in person Christmas Eve I think Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve because like time's weird now and I don't even remember because my dog had apparently it was an ulcer that I did not I don't know how I didn't see because I stare into her eyes on a a daily (laughs) basis but it was already kind of a little in this in the healing process um and I had to go up there like yeah I'm pretty sure it was Christmas Eve and it was like I felt so bad going and they're like, look, we're here anyway. But they were doing, I, I have to say, always, first of all, shout out to this time it was Dr. Terry at Brunswick Forest Veterinary Clinic or Hospital. I think they're veterinary hospital. And um, they they were awesome. But, you know, they had fun eye makeup on. They had fun Christmas masks. They're wearing 
Santa hats. And I really have seen some cool things, some folks like spicing it up above the nose to make themselves look more friendly and approachable. Yeah. And I love that. And and viewfinders, just to rewind, her dog had a corneal ulcer. And as we all know, that's an emergency situation. You literally have hours. And even though Becky's dog had had a favorable outcome, so don't, you know. Becky, one of the things, too, I wanted to highlight about your story, and actually your sister has also been dealing with the condition with her dog, is that as much negative press as we've received lately about, you know, people waiting for hours and days and blah, 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 I get that. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, viewfinder family, you guys are stepping up. When it comes to true emergencies, like a corneal ulcer, like a dog that might have a bleeding tumor in its abdomen, I'm telling you what, vets vets are getting it done. Oh, yeah. I mean, I called that morning and I was like, yeah, sorry. I mean, we got to come in. And she's like, we've got a 10 o'clock. I mean, they didn't they didn't think twice about it. And I will say my dog wore her Christmas hat um, and she wore it the whole time. And frankly, I think she brought joy to them as well. Um, I will tell you here here with all of our witnesses, I got in trouble for her weight. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that was maybe more of the conversation than her eye. (laughs) Um, But either way, you know, it was great care. No one was pissed. They were working Christmas Eve. Everyone was really joyful to, to service us. And it felt so good. And with this whole like, I feel like there's so much client shaming and client hate and all of those things. Um, I, I have to say, at least at this clinic, and I think at the majority of clinics, people are really happy to do their job and they're getting probably a lot of flack for what they're doing, but they're, they're doing it with a lot of joy. And I'm so proud of our profession, really. Yeah. And again, viewfinders, I will continue to believe that it's a vocal minority of clients that are complaining about this. And honestly, you know, I had a vet share with me a kind of a a bad review that they recently received from a client. Actually, they'd only seen the the dog once before, like, you know, a year, year and a half ago. And the dog didn't have an emergency. It was limping. Uh, And obviously, that's concerning for pet parents. All, All respect, I understand, you know, and I'm trying to be compassionate. But, you know, it wasn't something that, oh, my God gosh, you know, your dog could lose its eye or, their, you know, could die, yeah. right? You know, it was something that had been going on for some time. And the lady was basically complaining because they said we couldn't get her in for like three or four days, you know, that kind of story. And and I'm just going to, once again, viewfinders, I believe with all of my heart and, and certainly with my experience that these are just the minority of cases. Most people are just like Becky. They are so thankful and grateful for our services, even if they have to wait, even if it's not perfect, even if they don't feel like, you know, I got to talk to the doctor as much, they're still super appreciative of what we're doing. And I kind of want us to continue to carry that forward in 2021 because, I mean, by all accounts, we're about to enter into some continued dark days. And so, you know, I think that these types of complaints will persist out there in the world. And it's just important for us to buoy ourselves up emotionally by going, okay, look, I get it. There's four or 5% of the people out there that we're not doing what they think we should do. But for the other 95%, Becky, they're just, we're crushing it. We're doing a great job. Oh, a hundred percent. And honestly, I have actually seen um, the, I've seen clients sticking up for the practices on these reviews. Yes, I'm seeing yes. people say, you want to know what these people are working so hard. And if you're waiting, your dog is not dying. And you should be grateful for that because the a lot of the people are in there have either also waited their turn or are in an emergency situation. And so, um, you know, people have come to expect immediate, right? Like we're in the DoorDash days. Right, right, <laughs> where right. Where you can have whatever you want. 
in an hour. And so if it's any more than that, people really think that you're holding them up. And I think it's a mindset thing, but it's also the pace of today's society. Um, and I think our, our teams are doing a great job of just doing the patient care through the confrontation if there is it and for the gratitude that they do get from their clients. All right. So I want to now spin into some of those cool things that Becky alluded to earlier. And the first thing, of course, is people sort of understanding that I'm going to have to communicate, as Becky put it, above the nose. You know, yeah. so, so really, we're focusing on our eyes because we're all mask up. Some of us are wearing shields. We're maybe having scrub caps and all these kind of things that we have to adorn ourselves with to protect ourselves and the public. And so there have been some really interesting and creative ways of, as Becky said, to flourish your appearance. So Becky, talk about some of the creative eye makeups and then maybe some of the eyewear. People are doing funny things with glasses. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm proud of us. Good job, guys. Well, that, you know, I think that's the thing again, like we're all shopping online more. Um, so people are like finding jazzy glasses that they can wear or like exchangeable frames. They're wearing, you know, head bows and head bands and, um, you know, doing fun eye makeup. But then I also see like the social media aspect coming in um, where people are communicating on TikTok, you know, where they're they're showing the back of the office more. They're showing vet visits more. They're finding ways to help clients see what's going on inside. I think we're using more technology to communicate with them. And so I think we're trying to up the communication, um, lessen the tension in in the best ways that we can and then they're really you know we're taking ownership inside the clinic because um you know we do have that responsibility and so i think it's a really fun way to visually communicate with our clients because we used to be able to do it with a smile and and now we just can't and again we are always creative and step up you know, to to what it needs to be. And even just with our masks, we're all like conveying our favorite sports teams right, and yeah. our favorite types of animals. And like, hey, I love to be bedazzled or um, people are really even just getting creative with their masks so that there's like an immediate um Here's who I am and what I'm about. Yeah, and it definitely helps show your compassion. So I am a strong proponent and advocate for these fun masks. You know, uh, I actually am more like Becky. I like the bedazzled. I like the imagery. I don't. I'm not as huge a big fan of the of the words on the mask because I think it then draws focus towards that. But I love the 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 color and the patterns. You know, that are are just inviting. So again, you know, those masks can be scary. But as our society culture gets used to seeing more and more people in it, hey, make it fun and make it approachable. New Year's Eve, we saw a fella who had um, like a like a ticker, you know, it was yeah, literally yeah. an LED. Ap- yeah, I yes, saw that. App driven and it like said words across. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so tickled with his mask, you could tell. Um, and he literally was just like bringing joy, walking about with his mask that said Happy New Year. So, um, I mean, there are some real, you can go full out on these things. Yeah. And one thing too, viewfinders, you know, Becky and I have espoused from the get-go of this thing. I mean, I did videos on this thing back, you know, when it all started back February, March of last year. And that is the use of technology, specifically video conferencing, FaceTime, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to use to sort of transport the client to the clinic. So now they're having to wait curbside in their car. They don't get to accompany their pet as they're accustomed to. So again, I'm seeing more and more vet clinics utilize that. I think in the beginning, Becky, you know, I was really 
disappointed, you know, because many vet yeah. clinics were not doing this. And I think what happened is at some point enough people were raving about it. So clients loved it. Right. And that now more and more vets have adopted to that. So I think that, you know, if I were you and you're not somehow carrying that pet through the journey with the client, you know, virtually as it were in this situation, uh, I would really consider it. It's super easy, you know, and heck I was talking to a, a vet uh, before Christmas, Becky, and he was like, you know, I just don't have the the money and resources to invest in everybody having getting the, the special phones. And I was like, they already have them, sir. <laughs> I mean, just let them use their own phone if they want, right? I mean, just it's a Wi-Fi connection, just FaceTime, whatever. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not discounting, you know, potential, you know, security, but we're not transmitting like medical records. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, hey, hey, it's Dr. Ward here. Here's Buster. You know, we're okay. I'm about to give him his rabies vaccine. I mean, that kind of stuff, right? I think it's super fun and transparent. And I like that idea. Again, headwear, eyeglasses. I'm seeing a lot of fun, you know, people wearing really fun glasses. And uh, I think that's super way, a super nice way to show that, you know, hey, we get it. This is, un, you know, unusual times to say the least. And we're trying to do everything we can to make the best of it. You know, we're starting to see the rollout of vaccinations. And in many states, including ours of North Carolina, of course, vets aren't really in the first wave or first, second, third wave of the vaccinations. But in other parts of the country, you know, veterinary professionals are on that list. So, you know, I think that's also something to celebrate right now. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of um, states where technicians and veterinarians are on the list and they're getting their vaccines and they're reporting all about it. Um, right. And it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, I'm grateful for those that are are stepping up and, and doing the right thing for sure. Yeah. So, again, I think that if you are in that cohort and you're able to in your state to get a vaccine, it's really important to share with the world because not only does that convey confidence in the vaccine as safe and effective for humans, but it also shows that veterinary professionals are, are part of this healthcare industry. And I think that's really important. That's one of the things I know Becky and I have been a little disappointed in our state because, you know, we we're not on the list. <laughs> 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 so if you're on the list, we definitely want to hear from you viewfinders. I think some other things too, Becky, um, you mentioned using social media. I'm really, you know, I'm curious to see how it goes uh, forward. I think that right now, you know, is that last bit of opportunity to really get engaged on social media. I think that, I do think we're nearing a time of fatigue. I think that, you know, people are starting to, to tune out social media and that's probably more byproduct of the politics that we've seen. But regardless, you know, I think right now is the time to, to make sure that you are sharing your stories on your social media, on your Facebook, on your website. And I love, you know, Becky once again is saying people are getting creative with TikTok videos, you know, just to show, hey, how fun it is for pets actually, even though you're not here, your pet's still taken care of, you know, and we're, we're being compassionate and caring, you know, it's stress-free and all that stuff. I think, I think right now, Honestly, I, I think we've got another few weeks, and then I think people may start to get really fatigued with all the stuff that's going on, you know? Well, you know, I think that the connection is still really important. So people are actually finding ways, instead of having um, very cryptic algorithms, I think social media is flipping the narrative and becoming a more guided algorithm to where you can start to say, I don't want to see posts like this and, and get right. rid of them. TikTok has a pretty negotiable, you know, um, yeah. what is it? What do the kids say? FYP for your page. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think they're making it, you know, with Facebook groups and Facebook, um, you know, 
I don't, I'm so not cool, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And we I can really narrow it down to who we're interacting with and what we're interacting about. And I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Um, you know, and for example, you mentioned my sister's dog. I went to a Facebook group, um, Cooperative Veterinary Care, and yeah, asked yeah. if there were people in Raleigh who wanted to deal with a spicy German shepherd. Um, you know, and from that, we linked up with Monica Henderson at Oak Heart Veterinary Hospital, who literally like raised her hand and was like, I, I like spicy German shepherds. And Monica did such an amazing job. And we were able to communicate through Facebook before the visit. My sister was at ease taking the dog. We were able to get him what he needed um, to get taken care of. And, you know, having that resource, having that network and that confirmation is something people are becoming really accustomed to. Um, I think we don't really trust ratings as much anymore. And so we're just constantly crowdsourcing this information. But there's so much positive to come from that and information being fed from that. And and so what we know is we don't have the FaceTime with our clients that we used to and we're, we're finding ways to get it out there. And I think it's really important because there are a lot of people getting information out there. And so we have to be there with the right information because a lot of wrong information's out there too. Wow. That is so prescient, uh, Becky. I love that story. And, and I will say this, you know, it highlights sort of a trend that, that we've been talking about here on the viewfinder for some time. And certainly, you know, I've been definitely advocating this for, for many years and that is to try to re regain ownership of your communication platforms. You know, I, I got really concerned about Facebook about four years ago because I realized, wow, we were offloading our entirety of our, how we interact and attract clients, right, to this yeah. other business that's making money off of this communication. Yeah. And so I would really encourage you in 2021 to sort of make it a goal, an objective, to say, can we put a chat on our website? Can we somehow directly interface and control that conduit of communication uh, and not just rely on Instagram and Facebook? Because like Becky said, there's a couple of issues with the algorithm. There's even going to be, you know, governmental regulatory pressure to change the way some of these companies do business and, and get you information and access. But on the other hand, again, you know, I think people are becoming, I think they're becoming more distrustful of these platforms, you know? And so I think that if you can this year start to say, hey, come to our website, come to us directly through text messaging or chat or whatever platform or media that you choose, you know, that's going to be I think a better strategy moving forward than wholly exclusively relying on Facebook. Yeah, I think there's that, but also the fact that like the next big thing comes out tomorrow and it's a whole nother shift. Um, right. And we know right now there is a big shift in social media. So just keep listening to podcasts. Um, we just want to put that out right, there right. for a good sense of, um, you know, of facts. Well, and Becky, I think that's one of the reasons that podcasts continue to rise in yeah. popularity because two things that you've already highlighted. Number one, people get to select the type of content, the people, the ideas, the concepts, the whatever that they want to hear, right? So Viewfinder family, we know that you are by and large, veterinary professionals just like us dealing with a day-to-day -day grind. And sometimes you want to hear what other people are doing. And sometimes you just want to also hear people say, hey, you're doing a great job. The second thing about podcasts, I, I believe, are that, again, you get to sort of uh, tailor the information you want. So maybe this week, this topic isn't your thing. And so, yeah, you don't listen to it. So I think that, you know, if you rely strictly on an algorithm, on a big media to feed you stuff, you know, that's going to be limiting. And podcasts, I think, are one of those ways, Becky, that you kind of get to to take the plate back. 
Well, I do have to say, and I don't mean to be self-serving, but I guess I'm, you know, humble brag. I do um, often hear people say they listen to Veterinary Viewfinder in the back of the clinic. And, you know, with less clients and, um, you know, pets in the clinic at a time, they're enjoying more um, audio content. And, you know, Veterinary Viewfinder, and then there's also a lot, you know, of great podcasts. We always share our, our, you know, I don't know that there are sister podcasts, but, you know, the other ones that are yeah. out there, there's just a lot of great ones. This isn't a competitive space because we're not getting paid. Right. <laughs> so it's not heavy competition. Um, and so I love that people are able to, you know, one of the positive things maybe about the quieter clinics is to do a little more group learning. Um, maybe we bring up those tough conversations and they do a little team bonding. Um, so I think there's also some great opportunity in using quote unquote social media, but also just media in general to, um, you know, attend webinars and leave them up and running while you're doing work in the back and create a culture of learning and, um, you know, bonding in the clinic during this time. Yeah. And a couple of other things too, viewfinders, I think early on in the pandemic, you know, we had described here, I know I had written about it and did a little quick video, like of telling people to pull into a parking space and, you know, have them numbered or lettered or color coded or something so that when they arrived at the clinic, they could say, I'm in you know, parking spot number five, right? So that's really helped out. But Becky, you're hearing people really take this to the next level and and integrate these things, you know, just as like how they book an appointment. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much, um, you know, there's so many apps and, you know, ways that you can just now do the whole process flow um, really conveniently for your clients. And, and you're right, I mean, in fact, when I went, they have a little pop-up sign that says, call this number, and this is the space that you're in. And it really streamlined it for both their staff and their clients, right? Because it is really important not to confuse your patients. You very well may have two golden retrievers named Goldie at the right. same time. So um, they've done a really great job of streamlining that process for sure and um, making it easier for everybody involved. And then, yeah, you know, being able to communicate through processes that say, you know, you, you, I'm here and you check in online, which I think clients really kind of like, I mean, I guess we have a, we have a spectrum, right? Like we have clients who are, don't embrace technology and those are like, this is all I ever wanted. Right, right. So again, I'm just so proud of the veterinary profession, just how creative and innovative we really are. And honestly, when things got tough, you know, we didn't fold. We just said, man, let's bulldoze through this and let's bulldog through this and and go for it from there. Um, Becky, as we kind of finish up today's conversation, I did want to ask you a little bit about what you're hearing and even what you think about like, you know, conferences. I know we talk a lot about conferences on here, but that's like one way that we gather as a tribe, as a people. It helps build our culture, you know, and, and um, you know, most of the things have been pushed off till the spring. I mean, do you, do you see us going to conferences in April this year? Oh, hey, uh, I know you didn't know, but what a great time to tell everybody. Vet Team Global Stream has set their 2021 dates for <laughs> Friday, May 14th, 15th, and 16th. Um, so so on you're, that note, you're betting that virtual is going to still be the thing, especially come May. I think a lot of people are, you know, I think I think it's going to be virtual for the first part of the year. But I also think on the back half of the year, there's going to be um, fall in-person conferences. I think people are going to go ahead and go for that. I don't know that people understand. And I think we have talked about this before, about the money that's on the line. Um, 
and why these conferences have to really try to make the right decision ahead of time because they're losing tons of money in contracts that they have to pay out if they don't have these conferences. And there were some, you know, some COVID considerations, but I know for a lot of conferences there weren't. So it's such a hard decision for them. But I, I do think pushing back to the fall is going to be the trend for a lot of them. Yeah. And so I know that several of the conferences that I was scheduled for have moved from spring to, as Becky said, to August, September, October, and November of this next year. Uh, I, I can tell you there's a strong caveat in most of the communication that I'm getting. Yeah. Uh, as many of you know, BSAVA or the big British conference uh, will be virtual again this year. And so um you know, I, I it, it's going to be tough. I mean, like, I, I just think this is a really strange time. There's another aspect as well, you know, and that is like, what about your drug reps, your distributor reps? You know, many of the companies that have a nationwide or even international presence, you know, they've got protocols and policies that aren't allowing their reps into the field. And that also, that I believe, Becky, that slows down the progress of information, right? So, so many of us are used to having a distributor rep or a or a, a company rep, you know, drugs or food or whatever, come in and say, "Oh yeah, we've got this new thing coming out. I want to make sure you're aware of it. Here's the details. Here's access to more resources or tools or whatever." I mean, Becky, that's an element that we really haven't talked about enough. You know, we're, we've missed that. I know some companies are monitoring the number of cases in cities. Um, and have entire teams dedicated to how many cases there are and who can go in and out where and when they have to stay home. But again, I think the reps have really risen up and found ways to still stay in touch with their teams. I think a lot of education is happening because of this. You know, I, I know that webinars are still happening. I know that, you know, our reps are so dedicated to what they do that they're finding ways to continue to engage with their their companies. Um, one of the reps I work with, I, I saw made signs like, you know, nurses are superheroes and, and went to all of our clinics and put them up um, and found ways to still engage. So um, I think they're as creative as anybody else. A lot of them are technicians and a lot of veterinary veterinarians and they are persistent and um, and brilliant. And so they're doing a great job the best that they can, too. Yeah. And of course, many of you know, you know, uh, I'm the executive director for education at Vertical Vet, which is a, a group resource community. And, you know, we found that our online meetings, our monthly meetings with uh, practice managers and veterinarians and associates and techs, you know, they've really risen during this time because of that, you know, and there's a lot of yeah. the, the quote unquote coconut telegraph that occurs. It's like, Hey, did you know about this new drug <laughs> or did you yeah. know about this special that, you know, X, Y, Z is offering and that, that kind of stuff. Like we, we took it, I, I took it for granted. I think many of my colleagues in practice ownership took it for granted, you know, Becky, because you're just so used to, to running into, you know, uh, Betsy or, or Joe or, or, or Susie, you know, and they would say, oh, yeah, yeah, we just got a great deal on the scrub set <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, we, we lose that interpersonal connection and sometimes the networking that accompanies it. So anyway, you know, again, shout out to our, our favorite people out there, the, the representatives that come into our clinics and not only, you know, make sure we're getting the best deal but also keep us updated on, on what's happening. And pens. And pens. <laughs> That's right. And the <laughs> occasional coffee clear. mug, you know, but hey, I didn't say that out loud. It's all about the pens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I think everyone's working really hard. Nobody wants to have a bad experience. Nobody gets up in the morning and thinks, how can I make today really awful? Um, and our technicians are rising to the occasion to find ways to connect with their clients as much as they always have. 
our CSRs. I mean, we cannot forget to our unsung heroes um, who are taking these phone calls, navigating the, you know, symptoms and what's going on and, and trying to triage what's going on over the phone so that their technicians and doctors are ready. Um, they're doing such a great job and they're, they're getting the front lines of people who are not happy. Um, and so the, the CSRs and the managers out there are, are truly, I think the unsung heroes of these adaptations and, um, helping to keep clients and staff <laughs> sane <laughs> and under control and, and learning the new processes. So viewfinders, what are you doing to learn these new processes? What are you doing to make 2021 so much better than 2020. We really want to hear your ideas and what you're observing out there in the real world. You know, we're uh, we're very optimistic about this year. I mean, we know that we're a long way from being done, but honestly, you know, all signs point to go, Becky. I'm so excited for 2021. I think that we're finally going to get this pandemic under control. I think we're finally going to be able to protect ourselves with immunization. I think that we're finally going to get the economy back rolling. I mean, I don't know, guys. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. And I want to hear, do you think that 2021 is going to be your best year yet? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook um, at Veterinary Viewfinder on Instagram. And you can find us. I've been tweeting a bit. Um, on Twitter, and uh, that's at Vet Viewfinder. Also, if you get a chance, head over to Apple iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps our other professionals find out about this podcast. And drop us a picture of your favorite eye makeup, eyeglasses, headwear, yes. mask. I mean, all the cool stuff that you're doing. We really want to see what you're doing out there and share it with our colleagues. Until next time, you guys have a great and safe week. Bye. Bye. Bye.